Welcome to Soul Science, the shift, the tribe, the movement. May you live soul truth. Live from Los Angeles, this is Dr. Aaron, Doctor of Divinity. We come together each day to know the truth, live on spiritual principle, and align with universal law. We also come together in a community, Soul Society. We are committed to being the number one spiritual leaders community in the world, committed to enlightenment, empowerment, and entrepreneurship. We truly believe that when somebody awakens, they have a gift and message to bring to the world. And our mission is to awaken a billion people globally. And how we are doing that is by developing world-class spiritual leaders. So I'm so excited today about this podcast. This is number four of 12 of a series called Live Your Truth. So today is number four, and we're talking about trauma and releasing your limited beliefs, your limiting beliefs, trauma and releasing your limiting beliefs. So this is probably, in my opinion, one of the most profound um pieces of work that I've developed over the course of the last 25 years of my own spiritual seeking and diving deep into different processes. I would say doing trauma work is probably one of the most important works you will ever do for your awakening and for um, basically re-empowering yourself, reclaiming the power that you already are. Because remember that all spiritual work, all inner work from a spiritual perspective is doing one thing and one thing only. And it's really coming back to your true identity, your I am, the all-powerful, all-knowing spiritual identity that you have. So all the inner work is really peeling away the layers of the onion of your consciousness, of peeling back all those false identities and false beliefs. And so today is a process that I'm going to take you through that um, has been probably the biggest shift in the work that I've done. Other than, say, meditation and prayer, I would say trauma work is even more profound than those in that it has fast results, having people shift their life. So also I want to disclose that if you've been through a lot of trauma, it's important to go to a practitioner, go to a therapist, go to whoever, to a professional that can help you with this. This is if you have mental disorder, if you've been through major, major trauma, I don't recommend trying this at home. But you are your own spiritual, if you're doing spiritual work, you have the right to do anything you want for yourself. And we have the right as spiritual practitioners to do that as well. Also, just disclosing that this is not a cure, we cannot disclose that also legally, that this is a spiritual process, okay? So we're going to do some processes, right? So trauma, we have to first define what is trauma. And trauma is, there's different types of trauma. There can be physical traumas and there can be emotional traumas. And today we are primarily talking about emotional trauma, okay? So what is trauma? Trauma is relative for each person. Oftentimes, we only think of trauma as something like being in war or getting in a car accident, but trauma is something that most people experience. So according to the dictionary, one definition is it is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience physically or mentally. Okay, so again, today we're talking about the mental aspect. And again, if you're having mental issues, you should go seek a professional, okay? But spiritually, traumas persist in consciousness via a command that is declared into the subconscious mind at the time of the traumatic incident, which is called an engram. There's an actual definition of this. It's called an engram. And an engram is a neural encoding that provides a physical persistence in memory. Engrams are linked 
and persist hieristically via commands. So really what this means is in order for the mind to process all information, it has to collapse things into categories because we get so much information. Like I always use the analogy of when we first learned to walk, you had to use every single, you know, all your mind power, you had to, it took everything to move your feet and your legs and, and, you know, steady yourself as a whatever that was one years old or whatever, right? So the subconscious mind is works for us and against us, right? Because it collapses all the information. So it has to recall incidents, um, you know, in clumps, basically. So um, it does the same thing in the realm of say love. So if you've been hurt or had some kind of trauma in the realm of love, and you decided love hurts, then anytime something hurts, you also see it as love. So it's this kind of bizarre collapsing of the subconscious mind that helps us and hurts us in many ways. So basically, it also recalls incidents via things called commands. Okay, so I'm going to break this down more. So basically what happens is, again, remember that the subconscious mind is, is already programmed through our DNA. It's programmed through all, the, all, of our, all of our heritage, basically. You're born with certain memory. And epigenetics, again, is proving this. That all memory is stored in the DNA. So you already have memory. How do you know how to beat your heart? How do you know, you know how are you afraid of snakes when you've ever, never even seen a snake in this lifetime, right? It's memory that lives in you. And so in this lifetime, the subconscious mind is programmed via, of course, new habits that you're doing, the movies that you see, the imprinting that you have from people that you witness, your parents, da da da. But it's also programmed through basically two ways, which is through high states of negative emotion backed by a limiting belief and through high states of positive emotion backed by expanding beliefs, okay? So we're looking at those things. We're looking at trauma and the trauma is generally something that is within five minutes to 24 hours, okay? So when I'm working with a client, um, how we define a traumatic incident versus just a general upset. General upsets are things that have been going on for a long time, weeks on times, your whole life, whatever. And a trauma is something that happens in in an incident. It's something that is is done within five minutes or 24 hours. And it has high, high, high emotion, negative emotion, backed by a command, backed by a limiting belief about a statement. It's basically a statement, a declaration, a decision about yourself or others, or life, okay? And this is what I call commands, okay? And this is super important because after working with, you know, I've had hundreds and thousands of clients through, you know, one-on-ones, through groups, through, through um, you know, different uh, retreats and seminars. So basically, the thing that I found, the commonality in human beings is that generally people have about three core commands that come through. And these commands run their life. It's amazing what happens. So things, for example, I'm going to tell you some examples of a command. I'll never trust again. I can't do this. I'm never enough. I don't matter. I'll always be alone. I don't care. They're mean. They lie. It never works out anyway. I fucked up. Excuse my French, but that was actually my son's command. I fucked up again. Okay, so this is the thing is that it becomes an identity. It becomes a subconscious belief that plays out 
over and over again, like a veil that goes over life, like a lens that you look through life, okay? So, uh, like, I mean, it's, it's incredible as I witness. It's been the most profound thing as a practitioner, a spiritual practitioner that is listening for commands, how once the client spots their command and they neutralize the mental picture, the trauma around it, they... First of all, they start to see how that command has been playing out in all areas of their life over and over. It's like a theme. It's like if your if your life was a play and you have a theme to the play, it's like, you know, she'll never love, right? Love hurts and it plays over again in the drama of the of her life, right? That was mine, no. Um and then it plays out over and over again. And when a client spots their commands, they also are able to have it rise up from the subconscious. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was my command. And, I, and now I hear all the time, when I, if I get upset, that command, I say it internally, right? A command is not necessarily something that you say out loud. It's something that you say within, in the middle of getting upset or the middle of that traumatic incident, okay? So the intention of doing your trauma work and the truth triangle, because remember, this series of this 12 series is really birthing your truth and living your truth. So in this 12 series, we go through and you can go back to one through three, or binge forward if they're already available now. Um, it's really about birthing your truth. And so if we take a look at the truth triangle on the first side of the triangle, we're birthing your true power the power that you are, the true identity of who you are. We're taking back all the time you handed your power over to somebody and decided that was more powerful than you. The second side of the triangle is birthing your passion, your relative truth. There's ultimate truths and there's relative truths. And you are birthing and getting clear of what your core values are, what your truth is, and putting boundaries and accepting people as they are, looking at the failed expectations and looking at how you were trying to make people places in life different than it is, and suddenly coming to the freedom of accepting people places and things as they are, and reclaiming your power to create what you want from what the only thing you can really control is your own consciousness and your own thing, right? The third side of the triangle is birthing your purpose. And we do this through going through your past life um, and this life suffering. And you don't have to believe in past lives. It's in your DNA. So we birth what is important for you to make a difference in. You're here to complete the energetic patterns within your DNA and leave the legacy in this lifetime and birthing that purpose. So again, we birth your, your power, your passion and your purpose. And then in the inside of the triangle is really who you want to live. It's living your truth. And that means your daily spiritual practice. What principles do you want to live by? And really having that come into your life every day, every breath, having your daily spiritual practice, not just be in the morning for 20 minutes and in the evening for 20 minutes, but every breath that you take, every thought that you energize, every every meeting that you take, every every thought that you choose to have, is your daily spiritual practice. It's a way of being. And so as we go into today, we are in that first side of that triangle in the power, we're birthing your power, we're restoring the power through doing your trauma work. So in this, this is done by again, we're going into trauma work, it's an incident, something that is, you know, five minutes to 24 hours, something that is an emotional traumatic incident. And basically that was backed by a command and and imprinted into your subconscious mind. So how do we do this? How do we do your trauma work? Okay. So this is done by neutralizing the mental pictures associated with traumatic incident. This is the re experiencing of the incident. 
with the ultimate goal of recovering of the consciousness and reclaiming of truth. Okay, so what I'm going to recommend for you guys is to get out a pen and paper. And again, if you have a lot of trauma, trauma, I don't recommend doing this alone, but you can. And this is your spiritual right, okay? So what I'm going to have you do is actually, I want you to take some inventory of this and journal on this. And you may be able to pause this podcast or you can do this after, okay? And what I want you to do is I want you to write down all the incidences that you remember in this lifetime that you consider being traumatic, Okay, so for example, the time my boyfriend broke up with me, the time I saw my parents fighting, the time I was bullied in school, etc. You may have 100, you may have 10, you may have whatever, it doesn't matter, just write down the incidences. It doesn't mean you don't need to write down the story around it, just write down, number them and write down which one. So this is what I'm going to recommend. If you're someone who's afraid of going into trauma, I would not go to the, the most intense one. It would start with one that's not that big of a trauma. Start with one that you don't like get really upset when you think about it. Okay, let's begin with something that's not as intense. For other people, they're like, look, I want to go deep into it. I want to go to the core of the, you know, of the root of all of it. And I want to go way, way down there into that weed and pull out the root and get it out of my consciousness. That's how I'd be, right? So you can do that if you're ready for that, okay? But this is the deal. If you're going to go into any traumatic incident, you need to complete the cycle. If you go in there and re-stimulate it, then it might put you into kind of a, a sad mood or whatever. So this is where doing it with a practitioner is really important because you want to handle it fully. And sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes you don't want to think about it anymore, okay? So trauma recovery. Okay, so next, I want you to basically, so pick one incident that you're ready to heal and reveal and neutralize and complete. Okay, so what we're doing is we're actually going to be pulling back up that mental picture because from a spiritual perspective, nothing is in the past, it's all playing out now. And the point is, if you have a traumatic incident, and it happened, say, when you were nine years old, and you decided something and you have a command, that's playing out right now. It's like, imagine I use that computer analogy again, okay? So imagine that you have a computer. And imagine that you have a, a program running behind scenes, you forgot to close it down and complete it. And it's taking your energy. And you don't know why your computer is getting slower and slower and why it's having glitches in it because you have this big program running in the background that's taking all your energy up. And so what do you got to do, you got to pull that program back up complete it all, save it or not save it, delete it, whatever it is, and close it down and put it into the file where it belongs in the past, right? So that's what we're going to do on your trauma. So we want we want to basically take you through a process, okay? So what you're going to do is you're going to actually begin to re-experience that incident. And there's only, there's you can't have uh, an incident keep replaying in the past if you have if you just neutralize it and as is it. That's why the Vedas say as it is. Because if you can really as it is and neutralize the emotion around it, then it flattens out and it's not going to play like puppet strings behind your life all the time, okay? It's what holds a tra traumatic incident in place is the charge, the emotional charge attached to that mental picture, which has to be held by a command and also by the story that you put around it, the meaning that you put around it. Remember that you're a powerful, divine, powerful spiritual being. 
And the moment that you put meaning on something positive or negative, you experience the positive or negative emotion around it. So as long as you're judging it, as long as you're evaluating the traumatic incident, as long as you are putting a meaning around it and a backstory or evaluating it, it will hold the traumatic incident in place and keep playing over and over in your life, okay? So what we want to do is we want to pull that experience back up, that mental picture, and we want to go over that incident, re-experiencing it as isn't it over and over until it's neutralized, until you're no longer like crying about it or sad about it or angry about it, till you just see it for what it is. Look, you know, I've had people talk about rapes before. And the first time they go and re-experience it, they're, they can barely remember it. It's kind of hard to remember it. And then the second time they re-experience it, they're crying and they're remembering all the upset that was around it, the, the being scared, being upset, being all this stuff. By the sixth time they're re-experiencing it, they're like, oh yeah, and then I was raped. You know, they're like bored by the story, right? They're like, it is what it is. It, it wasn't fun. It sucked, but it is what it is. And they spot their commands. They spot all of it and they can pretty much just file it in their past and go, you know what? That happened but I'm never going to let that keep ruining my life. I'm not going to let that declare how I see men or how I see love or whatever. And they begin to see something new, a new possibility for themselves. Okay, so that's what we're doing. So I'm going to take you through this a little bit of a, a process and you may not be able to fully do it right now or you may be able to. You may be able to do this later in your meditation and begin to take yourself through the process. So I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to take yourself back to the traumatic incident. And I want you to actually just state the facts of the incident. I want you to not, you do not evaluate. No backstory, no evaluation, no meaning around all of it. Just state the facts. I walked in the room. He said this. I said that. The walls were white. Then this happened. Okay, just state the facts. So do not make any meaning about the incident. Simply re-experience the incident, stating the facts, and taking me through the entire incident from very beginning to the very end. And remembering as much detail as you possibly can. Next, I want you to repeat the incident from the very beginning until the very end, until the emotions have been fully expressed and the mental pictures have been neutralized. So this may take five times. It may take 50 times, okay? Generally, I find that it takes, you know, at least 10 times to re-experience the thing, allow yourself to cry, allow yourself to get upset, allow yourself to fully feel the emotions. What holds a traumatic incident in place is the resistance to it. What we resist persists. And when we don't fully allow ourselves to feel the feelings, then it's going to persist, okay? So look for the command. So next, after you've really been, you've taken yourself through the re-experience of it, say you're on the fifth time and you've had a peak in your emotions, say the third time you have a real big peak in your emotions, you're crying a lot, you are feeling it, you remember it. And then the next time you re-experience it, the emotions have kind of gone down a little bit. This is when I want you to begin to look for the decisions you made in the midst of those high, high emotions. Look for the decisions you made about yourself, what decisions you made about life, and what decisions you made about others. So begin to look for the commands that you stated during the incident 
in the midst of the height of that emotion, asking yourself, or I will ask you, what did you decide about yourself? That doesn't mean, or what did you say, okay? And that means not aloud, but inside. What did you say to yourself? Becoming conscious of what you decided during the traumatic incident. So for example, I say this in my book. Um, I worked with a, um, a big CEO and he was having problems around money. And the thing about money is that it's not always a trauma that relates to money. Money, it can relate to all kinds of things. And he had one incident as a little boy where he actually witnessed someone being murdered. He didn't know that that incident related to money. But so when we went in and re-experienced that incident, and he was fully able to go there and remember it and see everything and feel the fear and fear the, all the emotions attached to it. When I asked him, what did you decide? He realized he decided that you can die over money. And so he didn't realize that that command was playing out in the realm of, of money in his life. Every time he'd get a lot of money, he would be afraid that he was going to lose it. And then he'd have to kind of have a self-sabotaging thing where he would kind of lose it. And then he'd have to remake money. And it was this ongoing thing out of his command. You can die for money. And this would play out over and over in the existence of his life. And he would, it was just like this constant battle around money. So after doing his trauma work, he began to neutralize that. He spotted his commands and he could see where he was able to start making a new story around money. And when he would, the command, commands don't fully go away. They don't disappear. But what they do is they come into consciousness. You don't get as reactive. You don't get triggered as much. But and so you can spot when you're getting into your lower self or your highest self, right? Your best self is when you know that you're not living out of your command. When you haven't been getting grounded and doing your core work, then you start to get into your lower self and you begin to live out of your commands again, okay? So he had a choice. He knew he needed to get grounded and know the truth and have a good meditation practice and always live outside of that command. Another example of a command, um, I mean, I have thousands, of course. Um, there was a, a woman who basically was raped and she, we went back into that traumatic incident and when she began to go into the incident, she recognized that she decided that love was unsafe, that, that, it, that sex was unsafe, basically. And in that decision, she actually began to try and, and have her, her life not have sex, basically. She started to eat a lot. She started to put on a lot of weight so that men, it was like her way of repelling men and sex. It was a subconscious thing. She didn't realize she was doing it, right? So she went into that traumatic experience and re-experienced it. She recognized her command, you know, this is unsafe, that, that love, sex, men are unsafe. It was this whole kind of umbrella of a command to all of it. So then she recognized how it was playing out in her health issues. It was recognizing how she was sabotaging even dating or doing anything. It was, she recognizes one command was playing out in so many aspects of her life. So in that, she started neutralizing that. 
end, she basically recognized how that this was a self-fulfilling prophecy, this command in her life, and how she need, she wanted to make a new decision for herself. She she began to you know really take care of herself in a loving way, and began to restore her health and began to date again, put herself out there. So commands can cannot they play out in many many different areas of your life. Um, they can play out in your finances. They can play out in your health. They can play out in your relationships. They can play out in your self-expression and so on and so forth, right? So we want to start looking at the commands, right? So me, me personally, I remember when I had gotten clear of my commands. And one was um, when I was six months old. And what you'll do when you do these commands is at first you may not be able to remember, you know, past earlier than say five years old. But as you start doing more and more of your trauma work, it opens up your consciousness and you actually begin to remember traumas that happened um, in this, in your, you know, early on for me, one of my first one was at six months old and past lifetimes. And this is actually how you begin to go into past lifetimes. And again, you don't have to believe in past lifetimes, but your DNA um, is there and you can go into those traumatic memories. So for me, I remember being six months old and um, my parents, they didn't know any better at the time. It wasn't out of um, cruelty. They just didn't know. They went over to Europe for a month and they left me with my mom's mom. And my mom's mom was not exactly the sweetest um, woman. And I remember my incident was I was in the crib at six months old. Uh, left alone in the middle of the night, crying, crying, crying. And I needed love. I couldn't get love. Therefore, I decided I wouldn't love. And I had spent majority of my life kind of with walls around my ability to love or calling in partners that were just not available. And therefore, I didn't have to be available. And it was a command um, that it came out as I don't care. And it would, and I did care. But so the command played out over and over, where I just would find anything wrong, or I would just pick partners where I didn't care as much about them. And it played out over and over again. It was um, my core work and my life work to really restore this command. And I care so much that I've handed my life over to work of caring for people and loving people and giving them wisdom to help them love themselves. So, you know, it is an ongoing thing and, and trauma is, is fascinating because usually we think of trauma as something that's awful that's happened. But when you do this work, you begin to recognize that trauma is, is one of the biggest blessings that we have because when we have a command, like for example, one of my other traumas, of course, was when I had a stillborn son at 22 years old and that trauma sent me on the quest of awakening and um, sent me on the quest of of doing, you know, the career that I have right now. The, and so I just want you to recognize that you can heal your trauma, you can neutralize your trauma, you can overcome this. And whether you do this um, with a practitioner, you can do EMDR, you can come to society and um, reach out, we have trained ambassadors around this. And um, you can begin to heal yourself. There's many different modalities now. I think there's tapping. I've never tried tapping, so I can't, um, I can't say that I re recommend that. But I know that uh, my mother did EMDR also. I've worked with tons of clients. There's prolonged therapy, cognitive therapy, which is very similar to this that we do um, as spiritual practitioners. So, you know, really getting in there, neutralizing the trauma, asking yourself, what did you decide about yourself, about others, and about life? 
And in my experience, trauma work restores freedom of choice. Commands might not fully disappear, but they're brought fully into consciousness and no longer hide within the subconscious mind. Triggers may still persist, but are majorly diminished. The commands that once played out like you know puppet strings in your life and one's habitual life get minimized. Truth is recovered within mind. And so as you are completing your re-experiencing of your trauma, um, you may consider asking yourself, is there anything new for you to see now? You know, what do you see? What's the new possibility? Once you see your command, once you can just as is the traumatic incident, what's new for you? You know, how do you feel about the experience? What is a new possibility. And so for me, I know the new possibility for myself was to really care about people. The new possibility out of, out of, you know, the trauma that happened with my stillborn of feeling like life is so awful, that the command was to really create a beautiful life. That's the opportunity. And I just get choked up even off that because I recognize you know, that little girl, that 22 little old girl, with a stillborn baby in that room, she that she chose that at some level. And I truly believe that the traumas that we at some level choose to go through that experience, so that we can understand it. And so that we when we have triumph over it, we can help others through that same thing. We can be a voice that helps others through that. And that's the beauty of life, this relative experience, okay? So this again was number four of number 12 of a series on this podcast called Live Your Truth. If you get value from the series, please tell somebody about it. Share it with somebody. I believe this is the core work that we all need. And if this even just has somebody recognize that they need to do their trauma work and go to their own personal therapist or whatever that is, it will make a difference. Please share this, you guys. It's super important. You can go back to the first three, and then after this, five through 12, of birthing your truth and living your truth. You guys have a wonderful day. Please reach out if you have any questions. And again, if you have a lot of trauma, please reach for a professional. Do not try this alone. If you have a lot of trauma, please begin with some lighter traumas in your life, neutralizing those, and then going deeper and deeper, and you can even go into your past lives. We're going to go that later in the series. We will actually be going into past life regressions, okay? Have a beautiful day, and may you live your truth. Thanks again for tuning in to Dr. Aaron and Soul Society podcast. I'd like to invite you to write a review on iTunes. Also, I have a free gift for you, a money meditation and worksheet, which you can find at soulciety.com. That's www.soulciety.com or 30 guided meditations at dreaaron.tv. That's www.dreerin.tv. We also hold monthly Soul Society events that are all about transformation and building extraordinary community. You can also watch me live daily on goodmorninglalaland.com or Instagram at drerin.tv. Grab your free manifestation masterclass with the purchase of my international best-selling book, Awakening a 40-day guide to unleashing your spiritual powers, life purpose, and manifesting your dreams at aaronfallhaskell.com forward slash awakening book.